welcome back to the Sandy Hound Podcast. This is episode 18, and I'm very excited about this, uh, how it's come together, how sometimes things in life happen, and uh, it works out for the better, because I had a friend of mine who was supposed to be on today, he had to reschedule for next week, and then Monday night, and I was just planning on coming in by myself to do another one, and then Monday night, I got a message from Jenny Geis, uh, who, it was one of the sweetest, I might even post it, uh, it was one of the sweetest things that I've ever received, just unbelievable about how she watches every week, and it's inspiring, and helping other people, and that, that just really uh, was just unbelievable, I told her that, boy, you made my night, that was amazing, and then at the end of the message, she s- said, you know, my my dear friend, Trish Kendall, is, I think, someone you would like to talk with. And she sent me here a link to her website, and I looked at that, and she said some other comments. I'm like, absolutely. I would love to talk to her. And so she goes, okay, I'll text her tomorrow. So this is. Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, I woke up and I texted Jenny and I said, hey, uh, there's an opening tomorrow, today, right now, when my friend couldn't do it, so maybe you guys like to come on. I know it's short notice. Jenny couldn't do it, unfortunately. We're going to do another one with her on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But she texted Trish and connected us, and then we texted more, and we talked on the phone a few times yesterday. So, and now she's here, and I am excited. Her story is amazing. I can't wait for her to share more about that. So, uh, Trish Kendall. Yes. Here she Hi, is. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Trish. This is really cool that you're here. I mean, so Jenny and I, so you and I were just chatting about this a little bit. Jenny and I just got off the phone. First off, Jenny and I talk as many times a day as we possibly can, which lately we've both been so busy, so it hasn't been as much, but we just got off the phone and she was like, she's just over the moon with the two of us connecting. Uh-huh. And, and she is the type of person that she's a connector. So she attracts, she's like a magnet. She attracts great people in her life. And then she wants to share those people with other people. And so that's what she just did with us. Yeah, she's, she's doing a great job because it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's just very exciting. So why don't, uh, again, I've read some of the stuff, but if you want, tell some more or as much as you want or can about your story. I know it's pretty amazing and you do this professionally. I'd like to hear more about that too. I mean, I know you travel around and do speaking and meetings, I guess, but please share more. I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. I do. And then, and I'll bring this full circle as well, because, uh, so Trish Kendall. So I, I, I launched a business about four years ago called choose and become. And so I'm the founder of choose and become, I help 
teams and individuals and I inspire them to rethink what success is and give them a little bit of a pathway to create their own enduring success. And this all just started from my own journey of what I consider being in just the pit of all pits of despair, you know, like truly just being in the pit of despair in my own life many, many, many years ago and going through my own journey and learning that through the power of choice and Sandy, you and I were just talking about this yesterday on the phone through the power of choice, being able to climb, not only climb out of the pit, but truly climb to the peak of success where today I'm like, oh my God, am I the most successful person that I know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am so fulfilled and I have so much joy and so much love in my life. And I just want to share it with others. And I want to inspire others to believe that no matter what the circumstances or the obstacles or what is in front of you through the power of choice and through the power of love, we can create our own success. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know when we talk to me, you're obviously doing it, but I, I've been, I mean, it's not the same path, but there are some similarities because right. uh, I had, you know, six, eight months or last August, September, October, more September, October, I, I was, I had given up. I was done. I, I felt like hell. I was in the hospital with pneumonia. Couldn't move for a week. Got home, and then had the issues with withdrawal from clonopin and steroids. And you know, I've talked about all that process in one of the other episodes, but. But I got through it, got out of the abyss I was in when I was convinced I was dying and had given up. I was prepared. I'm done. I didn't I didn't give up in the sense that you know, I would never thought about harming myself, but I didn't want to live like this. It was that awful. And but I got through it slowly and you know, I told you about the, the process of doing that. It started slow um, with Adderall, which changed my life, got me moving again, and then meditation. And that was absolutely amazing. Uh, and that's what inspired me when, after the first meditation event I went with Mexico with Dr. Joe Dispenza and I got back people were asking me how to go how to go and I was different it changed me and I'm never going back and when I tell them about it they were just like wow that's amazing you know and I was I was talking to strangers I would anyone would ask me I'd just start spilling my guts and they were like boy that's inspiring you should write a book and and I'm like, is it felt so good for me to talk about it? It was therapeutic. 
like, I'm going to do this more. And so that's how I started the podcast. And I can't believe I'm still here. You know, this is the 18th episode, and I can't believe that I'm here with you. And I so look forward to doing an interview with with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've thought I, I've thought about this even just since we connected yesterday, and you know, just to I'll, I'll give your audience just a, a a little bit more of the Trish Kendall pit of despair, so that way we can thread it through the conversation. When when I talk about going through my own journey from like destruction to the, from the abyss. I, I mean, beautiful word, terrible word, but I understand it. Yeah. It, it, My journey to go lies. from, you know, the abyss to, to this to the peak of success. Yeah. Right. You know, for me, it, it, it's for sure started with a childhood that was just, um, uh, just totally destructive, destructive from, childhood sexual abuse by my own dad for a very long time, from the time I was a little girl until I was 13. Mm. But that was coupled with, and I don't mean to make that like, oh, you know, that's small and over here, it's huge and it's big and it impacted my entire life. But but it was compounded, you know, the effects of that was compounded by my mom who suffered a nervous breakdown and when I was little and her inability to like be there for me. And then it was compounded with the fact that my dad uh, forced us to move all the time. So I was always the new girl. I never was able to connect with people. I wasn't, I didn't have a community. There were no teachers to connect with and no church members to connect with and all that stuff. And, what, and the what, co- what did he do for a living? Like, why did he move? Or was it moving because of great people figuring out? Yeah, like any job he could take. So everything from driving a frozen food truck to working at a meat market to working at a grocery store. Um, there were many, many years where he was a truck driver. So whether it was a short haul or he ended up being a long haul truck driver. And when I grew up, I thought that we moved around all of the time because of that, because he was going to just take whatever job he could take. We were were incredibly poor. When I reflect on it, you know, as I've gone through my own maturity, when I reflect on it, I'm like, you know what? He had a strategy. (laughs) And whether it was whether it was subconscious or conscious. And that was uh, to make sure that community never formed, that there was never a sense of uh, love and trust for me to be able to tell anybody what was going on or for anybody to, to observe and ask and inquire about what was going on. And so we just really lived in a very isolated, like controlled vessel of, you know, of my dad vessel. Did you have brothers or sisters? Yes. So I'm the youngest of three. I have a brother who's 15 months older than me. And then my sister, who is five years older than me, my sister Maria, she and I were 
always incredibly close and we continue to be incredibly close. So she's very much been, been a beacon for me in this. That's great. Did, did she have any similar? Yeah. And I, I don't want to get I, too personal, but, uh, no, I, just, I can't imagine I, how she would not know. Yeah. So first, no questions is off limits because that's just, that that's just how I roll with, same, with conversations. Same with me. Yeah, it, it's a very, um, very textbook where she was the older sister and felt that if she let the abuse continue with her, that her little sister wouldn't be abused. Mm. And it actually breaks my heart more what, to what, think about my sister. What a burden to carry. I know. Right. Right. Oh, and Marie and I talk, oh my gosh, we talk all the time. We've dissected this every which way from Sunday and it, it, the, the complexity, the complexity of, of an experience like this is that my dad was my caretaker. So he is the one that on one hand gave me love. And I don't just mean love as an emotion. I mean, love as a verb, love as an act, you know, making me breakfast, walking me to the bus, helping me with homework, teaching me how to ride a horse, teaching me about chores and responsibilities and the value of a penny, you know, took me on my very first job, you know, which was um, a newspaper route, you know, it's like all of these things that you know, you sum them all up and they are acts of love that your caretaker or your parent should be giving you. And, you know, at the same time, he was destroying me. <laughs> so that's what was so messed up. I, 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 it's hard to fathom. Yeah. Hard to fathom. Is he still around? He he is uh, by himself, old very elderly, old and by himself. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, we've, we've gone through our own, um, our own process as a family, you know, with what, what a relationship looks like today and, and boundaries today and all that, which for me is, is no relationship. You know, there's, I don't have, um, really any room in my life for it. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. No. And even so I was just at, um, so to your point, I, I am an inspirational speaker. So I, I'm out, I, I go across the world and now things are in person. Things are getting in person again. It was mm -hmm. two years of virtual, but now things are opening up in person. And I, I just came back from delivering an inspirational speech for a fundraiser in the Cayman Islands. And one of the things we were talking about is forgiveness and you know the idea that i think this is a buddhist saying but i heard it from somebody somewhere but i think it's a buddhist saying which is holding on to anger and withholding forgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking you're hurting your enemy <laughs> i i i love that because i've learned the same things through meditation through dr mm -hmm. joe just Letting go of stress and drama and anger and hatred, you have to. It's just for your own health. 
I had to for my own health because mm-hmm. I was struggling. And once I started doing that with certain people, it made me feel better. And I still, I'm still trying to do that. It's not always easy. Right. Um, but I try and do that every day. And I just try, try and have, you know, it's one thing to say, you, know, you got to think positively. You know, you have to do more than that. You got to think, but you have to believe it and you have to feel it in your body, which I do every morning, every night when I meditate, the, the energy that I feel, my body convulses. Literally, my neck's cracking, my back's cracking, and it's awesome. And then that moment where I'm just present and not thinking about anything, anyone, just present in my myself. And when I'm there, it's just nothing but it's so peaceful. You, all you think about is love and gratitude. And mm. when that when you get to that spot, that's where miracles can happen, and they have. And you know, this is one. Quite frankly, last weekend I was meditating, and it's just like I felt really good. I'm like some. Something's going to happen this week. And I've done that other weeks. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm just, when I'm mm-hmm. meditating, I'm just receiving. Or I'm emanating love and positive energy. And when I do that, then it comes back. Okay, it's, it's Sandy, a, we got to get into this. We right. gotta get, and, and now I know for your audience, I'm going to be asking you to repeat some of the things that everybody who follows you is already hearing. And I've been listening to some of your podcasts, hell of a week, <laughs> you know, and all that, but <laughs> I know you're going to backtrack some when I'm, when I'm trying to get into more things with you, but here's what I want to get into. Would you talk about love and gratitude? So, I mean, that's one of the main reasons Jenny was like the two of you have to connect. For me, going through my journey, for me, a lot of people get hung up on and think about my journey through um, uh, recovering from sexual abuse or my journey through recovering from drug addiction because I was a very, very terrible crystal meth, like needles in my veins, drug addict a long time ago. For me, that wasn't, that wasn't my journey. Those were important parts of my journey that I had to get through. But my journey was going from the loss of love, learning as a little girl that I couldn't give love and I couldn't receive love. And how that impacted me for 25 years. And then getting to a place finally, through the power of choice, I'll say this a gazillion times, finally getting to a place where I realized love is a choice and it's my choice to give it all. And it's my choice to receive it all. So with that as my own foundational philosophy, I hear you talk about meditating and going through the meditating practice and and feeling the physical manifestation of that through love and gratitude. Mm -hmm. I want to hear like I, how long did it take you to get there? That's a good question. And just one of the points you made about changing, uh, 
making a choice, which is a big part of what this helped me do. And I always I play a song called Change Your Mind by Sister Hazel on some of my podcasts. I love it because the song is about if you want to be somebody else, change your mind. And it's so profound and was to me. It's a great song I love forever, but then it took on a new meaning once I started meditating. And it was not easy. Uh, be honest with you, meditation, some people are like, I try it, and it's initially it took me a while, and it was frustrating because you try and get it into a mode where you're Got my earphones on, I'm laying down at night, close my eyes, trying to get into the the mood, get into the zone. And then all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, I'm thinking of doing and all of a sudden I'm gonna think about something. And just just what the hell am I thinking about that for? No reason. I was like, where'd this come from? And you gotta oh, get it. you gotta do that a lot. I still do. Uh, but I've gotten much better at it. But it took, I mean, I've been doing this. I started back in November. Okay. Um, it was the month before I was going to see Dr. Joe Dispenza in, per- Dispenza in person in Mexico the first week of December. So I started listening to his online courses that he wants people to take before they go and trying to meditate and again it's hard but i started just trying to go real slow and just close my eyes and i I just started doing my own meditation because i didn't really know how to really do it because i didn't see him in person i'd read some things watched some youtube videos but uh i didn't know what energy centers were or Chakras, as people like to call them. And uh, I just started trying to do it on my own. It's from starting from the top of my head, my brain, going through every part of my brain, my body, in detail. I mean, neck, back, heart, down my feet. And, and I found it first, and I did it the next day, I was focusing on my my knees. Uh, and I was like, huh, feels a little better. And so I, now I want to do more. So I kept doing it more and more, and it kept helping. And now it's not like it's a mere, it's nothing going to happen overnight. It takes time, but you've got to commit to it. you got to do it every day, and I do. I do it several times a day, at least two, three times a day. And... You got to commit to it, and when you do that, and we really believe and experience a future life that you want, it starts to you're experiencing in your meditation, and then you're feeling it. You're feeling that joy of that future person, that life that you want to be, and then all of a sudden things change. They change mentally, they change physically, and they get better, but. It's just a little bit every day, but when you keep doing it, like I have for now, what's it's June, and I've been doing it, you know, since November, but October, then I got started getting good at what I learned. Because when you're there at this event, 
it is intense uh, and it's long days you know had to be there at 6 a.m pretty much every morning and we'd go till 7 p.m at night and that's hard for me to get up in the morning but i'm there it's like i'm a little kid going on a you know road trip from you get to skip school where you're up in the morning you're like yeah i'm ready to go and that's what it was like and then even one morning i had to be there at 4 a.m brutal i didn't think i was gonna make it but i did and it was amazing four hour meditation that morning wow i mean people like oh you go and calm or one of these other things which are nice do like a five ten meditation really I went at 4 a.m. and did four-hour meditation, okay? Wow. Don't talk to me about this other stuff, but it's it's so cool. And uh, There's so many of the details that are cool, but I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about energy standards, but I had somebody who taught me about what it was. Stephanie, she's amazing. And once I learned that, and I slowly started figuring out how to do the breathing properly. So Monday, I didn't know what my didn't know what I was doing. Tuesday, difficult time. And then Tuesday night, I don't remember it. It clicked. I did the breathing and did this felt this energy around my body. Um. I felt it, and then, you know, that day there's people up on the stage, meditating, and they're all convulsing and like this is weird. And two days later, I'm doing the same thing. I'm on the floor going, oh, and I would do it every night, uh, every morning. And, you know, when people see me meditating and convulsing, it can be a little alarming. My brother-in-law, my wife's not used to it, but my brother-in-law saw me once we were in Florida, and I was meditating, and he walked by the room, and I'm just like, you know, (laughs) I'm making noises and grunting in my Bodies, wow! And he later asked me, "Your breath? Like, is he okay?" They go, "He's just meditating." And then we talked about it later. Yes, I probably should have warned you. Uh, if that happens, uh, I'm not having a heart attack. I'm just feeling this wow. energy go through my body. It's 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 unbelievable. And I'm gonna. I did try to do a mini meditation a few episodes back, just to get people started. But eventually I'm going to do get really deep and share with people what I do and how, the, how, and how it's feeling. I tried to do it while meditating on the episode, but it's the bigger ones when I get go deep, I can't talk during them because it's so. But I would like to do one and then sort of rewind it and talk through and say, okay, here's what I'm feeling here. Here's what I'm feeling here. Cause it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And you could just like record over it, it, it you know, go through the meditation process hmm. or practice and then come in. Yeah. And this is what I was feeling this. And you're like breaking it down for, for people. Yeah. I, I want to do that. I think that would be helpful to people. Well, so here, so something that you said around, uh, well, everything you said around deliberate practice, there 
Oh my gosh. Deliberate practice is something that I've had to become deliberate at practicing. <laughs> like literally deliberately practicing being deliberate. There's so many times when I'm speaking or, or facilitating workshops or just having these conversations, people will ask me, uh, you know, what does it, like, what are some of the ways that choosing to give love and to receive love, how does that show up? How does that manifest itself? And I'll always turn that question around to the person who asked me, because I believe that it shows up differently for different people in different settings and different situations. And so I have the, I have stories that I tell about how it's shown up in my life through action. But what I want to say here is, is that a lot of times people will think, oh my gosh, at the point of time, Trish chose to finally give all her love. And I was 45 when that happened. And it was an, it was an action that I didn't have to ever choose again. And that's so not true. <laughs> it's, it's that each day I get to choose in every interaction that I have, I get to choose how I show up with you, Sandy, right? Like we get to choose the spirit in which we show up together. We get to choose if we're withholding, we get to choose if we're accepting, we get to choose all of that. And for me, it just happens to be over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, I have deliberately practiced love as an action and not withholding and not being guarded and wanting to not only give my love from an action standpoint, whether that's listening to somebody, whether that's sharing, whether that is um, asking for help, whatever, however that shows up. And I'm deliberate in receiving the love that others want to give me versus the, no, I'm, I got it. I'm good. I don't need your help. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm okay. So it's not like all of a sudden it just happened. And then, and then it's not a choice anymore. It's deliberate practice. And yes. sometimes I do well. And sometimes I don't. It's also a choice of how you respond, how you choose to respond when something else happens, that's out of your control. For sure. And people, a lot of people just automatically like get anger and, and it's like, I relax. And I try and talk something that doesn't work with people like, no, don't tell me to calm down. But then eventually it's like, again, stress for me, quite frankly, now is a choice. Hmm. And I just, I can find the good in just about anything having but again it took going through hell to be able to do that but now that's why I try and practice every day how I'm totally going to ask you some of these questions again when when because I want you on my choose and become interview series but one of the things I've been thinking about is how has success like the definition of success evolved for you over time Today Ooh. versus yesterday. Yeah, good, great question. Uh, success for the majority of my life, I thought was just money. Just trying to make a lot of money, and and the stress that goes into that. Because I would try and do things and 
didn't work out, and I'd do other things, and that didn't work out, and try and take shortcuts, and that didn't work out, and then I'd go into a lot of debt, trying to start these new little businesses or ideas, and uh, it just, it was so hard, and I, I know it just beat me down and was not good for my health, but now success is uh, just being happy and joyful every, and appreciative every day I wake up. There's a lot of days I didn't think I was going to wake up. And once I do, I, I want to keep moving and I'm, I'm more loving to my wife and to my children and to my family, to my friends. That's what matters. That's what keeps you going. And I feel, I know that I'm sending out more love and positive energy, but I know I, I, it's better. I feel it back from them too. And I've had a lot of them say, you know, I can see that you've changed. And I love that because I'm like, I was like, I can see you're talking, you're, you know, because they didn't see me in a while because nobody did it because I, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk, you know, crawling to the bathroom. I didn't want to see anyone. Now I want to be out and, and see people and tell my story because I know it resonates with them. And that, if it can help them feel better and be healthy, and I know it's helping me, That that's success. And I, just, I don't care about money. I, I, I do. We need need it to get by, but it's just not that important anymore. And, and I feel like I'm already doing better by, you know, shelving that the importance of that. I'm sure it'll it'll come, mm -hmm. and we'll be, we're gonna be fine. But uh, yeah, I guess that's long answer. But that's it's. Uh, it's uh hits obviously hits my heart and you know, the thing about you and your definition of success today and what you're doing is that it also fuels the success of those around you it, what you are doing and the and the love that you're giving and that you're feeling and that you're receiving and and, and even just the way that you articulate interacting with your family and friends that has to drive their success and their feeling of joy and completeness well I and I know it has. I don't say that arrogantly. I say it because they're telling me. Mm -hmm. They're texting me. They're messaging me. I get so many comments and texts and messages on Facebook from people I haven't hadn't seen or talked to in 40, 50 years. Wow. And now one lady, uh, she's amazing, Laura Cassiopo. Went to her, her husband, Jeff. Amazing. My wife and I went down there, spent the night with some other couples at their house. We had such a good time. And I literally hadn't seen her for 40-plus years. Uh, but the message she sent was so moving that, you know, then we just started texting. I said, Self and it's... I can't tell you how that make, makes me feel. And not just Laura, I mean, she continues to be amazing. 
She's so generous. But others, a lot of other people that I went to high school with who were texting and commenting, and that makes me feel better than anything, honestly. It's just, it's amazing. I, and I want more of it, so I'm going to keep going. See, it, like, like, it just feeds. Yes. It, you know, it's I, I mean, I know sometimes it sounds corny, but I'm like, love begets love. I also feel the opposite. When I feel angry and frustrated, that grows. You know, it's almost like I can't, I can't, I can't stop it. I've learned, I've learned to stop and pause and reset and learned that it's a choice for how I'm going to react and what I'm going to be. But the more I, the more I give love, the more I want to give love and the more I get it back. But the flip is also true. The more I withhold or the, when I get angry or I'm frustrated or, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a place of the world is out to get me because that still creeps in sometimes. I, believe me. I know. Same right? here. It feeds. It feeds. So it's like, which one do you want? But now I've gotten good at pausing it. Great. Because there's certain times where having a bad day or not feeling something I can't control. It's just this disease. I get overwhelmed with nausea or uh, mm. overheated or cold and, and then I just, I sort of shut it down. I go lay down, close my eyes, put some music, and I just meditate for an hour. This happens sometimes in the middle of the day. I'll just go sit down or I'll be sitting in a chair. And, and then after an hour, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm better now. Let's go. Awesome. And it's it's really cool. And it does. thankfully, it doesn't happen as much. Because I feel so good. Uh, certainly in the morning. Because. But. I'm even feeling better in the morning. Sleeping good. And I'm like alright. And immediately. First thing I do. I meditate. I don't look at. Email. I don't look at. Phone. Social media. Nothing. Right to. Meditation. And then. Things just. Get better. No, it's it's really cool. Does anyone else in your family meditate now? Um, I've tried to tried to get them to. Uh, I think it would help my wife out a lot. I did do one brief meditation. We were in Florida last January with uh, we were up partying with my kids, and. And up just being me, my son Xander, my daughter Isabel, Madison went to bed, and her boyfriend Akira. Uh, and we were just up, and somebody asked me about meditation. I'm like, uh, you know, anytime they ask me, I'm just, Bleh. I'll go on forever. And I'm like, hey, you want to try one? And they were like, yeah. So we did it, and I just got them in the in the mood and music and started talking and telling, you know, what to think or how to b try and breathe. And and then it was a short one, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, and we stopped, and they were all like, whoa. <laughs> and my, my, I think here was like, oh, I gotta go to bed. Because when you do a good meditation, it 
takes a lot mm. out of you. When you do it, you're just like, oh, you're, and it happened a lot, especially the ones that I never do with in person with Dr. Joe. They are intense. And when you finish it, you, people are just literally like falling to the floor, exhausted. It, it's really that intense how physically it takes over your body. Uh, but emotionally, it's even better. Ten times better. So, so I and it, I tell people, you know, if you could, if you felt that good from one meditation we just did, why would you not want to do that every single day as much as you could? And I know a lot of people are like, well, not time. And I get that, but you can carve out ten minutes in the morning when you wake up to do it and maybe 20 minutes at night before you go to sleep. And then you're going to see things start to change in your life. And then you're going to want to do it more. And once you do it more, the the whole world opens up. And it's just hard to describe how good that feels. And I want other people to feel that that feeling. And it's just, it's awesome. And I sometimes ask a similar question. Sometimes it's rhetorical and sometimes it really is, which is what you just described. I feel that way when I'm going through the actual process of not withholding love. And I know I keep going back to that, but that is my practice of giving all. And, and I'll, I'll ask, how does it feel? How does it feel when you choose to give your love? And how does it feel when you choose to receive? You know, and I'll, I'll hear a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff. And then a question is, then why don't we? Like, why don't we give it all, all the time? You know, why and, and so with your question, like, then why don't you meditate? You know, like whatever it is, it's like, why not? Time, it's hard. Yeah, but I I get those that's but it's a choice. A lot of people say that, but but if I'm telling you right now, if you did this, I know it will help you. I know you will feel better. Mm -hmm. And if you knew that, why would you why would you not do it? Why? It doesn't make any sense, but I don't know, you know, I can say it till I'm blue in yeah. the face to a lot of people, and I'm just, but I, I'm going to keep saying it and keep doing it and trying to get people to, to embrace it because I want them to feel what I'm feeling. Mm. It's, it's amazing. I'm going to try and get my wife to go to a, an event at, with Dr. Joe. A beginner's one. Um, I think she'll like. I know she wants to. Uh, she just she works a lot. And we gotta have to figure out some dates when we can do it. But uh, I know she'll go. Mm -hmm. I know she's gonna love it. That will be a podcast episode. What's that? Wait, that will be a podcast episode when you guys get back together. Oh yeah, Ab yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Well, I did. Oh, you and your wife. For yeah, sure. I did. I did. 
when well, I started the podcast after the first event, then I went back last April to an advanced event in Denver. And and I couldn't wait to get back do the podcast about that. And it was awesome. Hmm. Uh, just every day I went through every experience from the morning different meditations and how I felt after and I loved sharing that. It that really was awesome. So yeah, I guess to your point, yeah, one week one one, there will absolutely be a podcast yeah. that I'll have Rhonda share because I'd be interested to have her share that because I think it'd be really cool. For sure, and uh, you know, kind of an outsider going in for her first time. You know, her first experience. She's not gonna. She might experience some of some of the same things as you, but she's going to have her own experience. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, and... it's different for everyone, but everyone that I met who's done it was like, oh my gosh, it's just, there's a lot of people who go, you know, several of these events every year because it's, you get something wow. different, you get something different out of it hmm. every time because his, Meditations evolve. His presentation evolves, and it's uh, it's really awesome. I'm looking forward to getting back to see him again very soon. Sandy, I feel like we just. I think that we just have to agree. This is part one. Oh yeah, there's going to be more. Yes, a lot more. Yes. Yes, I, I mentioned that to you yesterday, even before we did this, and like, I already felt like I'd like this to be like a recurring thing, uh, you know, however often we can do it, whether it's monthly or, you know, same thing I took to my four buddies from high school, because we, we talked just like we're talking, and we just went on and on, and we didn't even touch a lot of other subjects and stories and like we're gonna do it again and i feel the same here this is so easy we didn't we didn't plan anything we we talked and i didn't take any notes normally i'm taking all kinds of notes i didn't want to and this worked perfectly the way i thought it would but again this is it's the first one we're gonna do many more i'm gonna come on yeah your show we're gonna obviously we have to have jenny come on i know the whole thing and and i i can't I mean, I can't wait to 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 interview you for the Choose and Become series because th- there are. I mean, you've just touched on so many of the things, but part of part of my mission and desire is to, like I said at the beginning, is to maybe motivate or or have people reconsider what success is <laughs> and then know that you have the power to achieve it no matter what situation you're in. And I mean, come on, Sandy, I think about you and, and what you have, the abyss you have come out of right now in this current day 
and, and like, I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine, you know, like you, like you can't imagine my childhood to me. That's like forever ago, you know, to me, like I have like all this. And then I listen to you and I'm like, man, and Sandy is rocking mm-hmm. and you literally could have stayed under your bed in the abyss and let life I, go I w- away. I wanted to, but some didn't let me and and I once I didn't die. I kept waking up, like, oh, well, I'm still here. But, and after four days, I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not going to die. And maybe I can start doing things a little different. It just slowly built from there, and and I'm never going back. Just It's not happening, and I'm going to keep doing more of these, and I'm looking forward to doing your yeah your interview. Um, so you... I guess we got to figure out when that is. You can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll my, get it on. For my, now, I just, I'm honored that you, I'm honored that you wanted to have a conversation with me. This is, I'm going to see better than I could have expected. Mm. Um, I'm so looking forward to doing more and learning more from you, um, watching more of your videos and hopefully you can watch more of my podcasts again yeah. some some are rather crude i swear a lot and i usually have my handy dandy fart machine and make tell raunchy stories but it's just who i, I am. know you I, kept it I, so you kept it so like g-rated i know today. well that was for you on, on, I know. on I, a review I, and i will do the same thing when i'm on your your show, I won't be that way. But tomorrow is going to be a different story because yeah. the my friend who I've come in is we've been best friends for thirty five years, and the stories, hoo, 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 hoo. my my my, we won't tell them all. No, and, I'll tune in. And uh, but it's there are going to be some dizzies because I was a, a complete idiot growing mm. up. And just was always trying to have fun, make people laugh. And I got in some trouble sometimes. But. Yeah. I will tune into that. <laughs> For now, um, now I'm going to go take my daughter to her doctor's appointment. Yes. This is what we talked about, right? Yeah, the the ti- work from home. The timing worked out really well. We got yeah. started a little early. We got to time where now you need to go, which is great. So, uh, Thank you so much again. I'm so looking forward to talking more and, you know, I'll just wait to hear from you as far as email when I can come on your show and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more. I have a feeling that we're going to be texting more with Jenny Yeah. after Sefsa sure. comes out about how we're going to get her on uh, yeah. soon. So. We'll definitely do that. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks. Take care. Bye.